0: guys, welcome back to another episode of the North Bros Outdoors podcast, episode 83. I am Nick Beto, and again, I'm the only one in the studio this week. Um, but we have another phone-in guest, and I think there's going to be a, a couple of these in a row, which I don't know if you guys like them, if you don't like them. It's kind of what we're doing. So if you don't like it, just <clears throat> fast forward to the end, but this is going to be one that uh, you're probably going to want to be around for. So on the phone this week, I have got the man himself, Charlie Wynn. And he has never been on our podcast before. I don't know if he's been on any. Um, So he's going to give his spiel about who he is, what he does, and how he ended up on the show. And then we're going to just kind of jump into it. And we have, just like all of our other episodes, we have no idea where this one's going to take us. But uh, with that, go ahead and take it away. I'm
1: um, pleased to be here, Nick. Um, Charlie Wynn. Some of you guys know me as Chuck. Um, I run Wayne Wildlife, a little uh, guide service I started back during COVID. It's uh, had its, up, its ups and its downs, and I'm still kicking around, still doing what I love, hunting, fishing every day as much as I can. Um, but yeah, like Nick said, I've never done a podcast. I uh, actually got into him because of him. He put me on the working class bow hunter, I believe it was, <laughs> and I found a great episode. It was a bow hunting episode about some dude who shot a high country muley or buck or something, and it really inspired me. And now I uh, I got to get on here, so I'm pleased to be here.
0: That that didn't happen to be episode three thirty, did it?
1: It definitely was, and I still remember that vivid number. It is three thirty. Th- that,
0: that, that is the one that I refer everybody to. Uh, that that that's one of my favorites. Good old good old uh, Clint Casper. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Um, I think this episode has been in the works for God. It's probably been what yeah. all of a year.
1: Probably yeah. I probably uh, I probably told you I'd do this a year ago, and we're still here. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad
0: I could finally make time and hop on with you and kind of share what I've been up to. Yeah, man. You and I've been I've been keeping an eye on your Instagram and stuff, and we've got a ton of different stuff that we can talk about as far as the the win wildlife goes. So why don't we just start at the beginning? What uh, what made you decide that you you wanted to do that? How did you come up with the name? And just kind of how how did you how did you get the wheels rolling on that?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story. Um, COVID came around, and I know a lot of people have a lot of mixed views on COVID, um, but it actually tore me apart pretty bad. I ended up in the hospital on an oxygen tank for quite a few days, and I'm not a guy to sit around and be bored. So I always wanted to start a platform um, just to kind of get my name out there to get get the ball rolling because. I will own a resort eventually when great question, but I needed just to build a backing. So, um, uh, I have got one person to come into my hospital room and they dropped off a charger and my computer. So I went to town, started a website, um, made a name, the, uh, logo, logo got remade about three or four times. Cause I'm not the best, uh, image creator you've ever seen, but <laughs> That's uh that's kind of how I got started and then once I got out I since I finally had my breath again, all I wanted to do was run like crazy so I started you know uh, fishing you know, It was kind of in the winter and started hunting and getting as much content out as I could and started making sweatshirts and hats and stickers and that's kind of how my whole platform got going so that's it's a kind of a wild story because I don't know if I didn't get taken bad down that bad if it ever would have happened, but um, that's that's how I got to it really. So,
0: so what uh, what what did you have for? I mean, when you started it, were you thinking like you had an idea of what you wanted it to be someday, or were you just kind of kind of rolling with it? Because I see, I've actually seen Win Wildlife stickers driving around. I've seen a couple sweatshirts and they pop up on Facebook all over the place. I've, and I'm not, I'm not even lying when I say that I I see probably two to three of them a week. And it's just people, you know, just pictures of people. And sometimes they're, they're posing with, with, you know, ducks or geese or, or, or what have you. But I mean, you, it's, it seems like it's going pretty well.
1: It's, uh, it's way better than I ever imagined. Um, my the start of it i really wanted to get like a guide service going whether it would have been ducks or geese or pheasants personally i would have loved ice fishing the best which i do have my guide license in uh, south dakota minnesota and north dakota still but i think this year i'm gonna let it lapse i'm a little too busy with work but um it's it was it was wild the the kickoff because the thing that i never realized that it gave me was the connections um, I have connections everywhere now. People go to bars or out to eat or just to random towns, and they see one of my sweatshirts. They're like, "Hey, you know that guy? Like, do you know that guy?"
0: I am and that guy.
1: I mean, it, it puts it brings so many people together, which is like you said, it's just crazy. And to see people on Facebook, people's parents, people in different states. Someone would be fishing on the side of the highway, and they'd be like, "Hey, you know that guy?" I it's it's crazy how many phone calls i get there. they're like do you know this person i'm like of course i do <laughs> like oh they're wearing wearing your shirt they're wearing your hat i finally got uh stickers on a trailer so i got a, a decoy trailer running around we're kind of getting a second one but uh got them on a few boats my ice houses they're not on the ice houses yet um i'd love to put them on there but i'm also kind of in the in the halfway track of upgrading ice houses too. So, but, um, yeah, when I first started, I, I just wanted to create a platform, but I never imagined that it'd get to where it's at now. And the views and everything else like Facebook, um, Facebook's been crazy. I was over a million views last year on Facebook throughout like 50, 60 posts. Some of the videos had over 50,000 views, which is, unreal (laughs) coming from a town of eight thousand people and combined like 12 you know
0: yeah i know that's that's definitely a a solid solid number and you guys you you kind of you kind of do it all you 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 know you do the the hunting and the fishing so i'll let you choose which one do you want to dive into first
1: Uh, i feel like i could talk about ice fishing for years (laughs)
0: <laughs> well there, there's our answer we're gonna and, and and it's kind of the perfect time of year to be talking about that because by the time this episode drops um we're, we're, we're about four weeks out right now so this is we're we're recording right now and nobody's ice fishing yet but by the time this one drops i guarantee you people either will be out or they're going to be out very very soon so let's just let's hop right into the ice fishing
1: Yeah, and that's the perfect way to say it. My favorite time of the year is early ice. Um, Get on the fish before anyone else does. I've kind of been really into that. A lot of people think ice isn't safe. I'm kind of crazy. I got a float suit. I have broken through the ice before. I've been stuck on the rocks. I have a crack before. Um, But it all comes with sometimes great, uh, great achievements, too, like some big walleye or a great memory, even though you're kind of cold. Um, but yeah, early ice, I like to, uh, make all my, my big trips, early ice. I usually hit up uh, red Lake, Minnesota. It's way too populated with people, but if you know a good place to stay out of the crowd, which I got a couple, um, that's a great place to go. It's probably going to be my first stop this year. My second stop will have to be Winnipeg. And I usually try to go up there three or four times a year. Um, I know some great dudes up there. Um uh, Brady Kingsland's probably the first one I'll bring up. Um, I went out on a guided trip with him one of my first times up in Winnipeg and now he's like the king of Winnipeg. This dude hammers thirty plus inch wall eyes. <laughs> um, so I got invited to go back up and join him again this year. Um Devil's Lake's always good. It seems to be the last one i stopped at so sometimes i kind of miss their sweet spot but that's usually my third spot that i like to go if i was uh back on the east side of state there's a lot of good places around Bymer, ledgerwood um hankinson that have great sight fishing which i found out early in my ice fishing career that
0: um, oh yeah if they're... you
1: don't know anything about ice fishing sight fishing is uh the best way to do it oh, 100 100%. so much from watching how a fish behaves
0: yeah and you you hit the nail right on the head down in that area not gonna not gonna drop names obviously no. but because if you do that then that that's uh you're asking for for some higher activity <laughs> just say that um but no there there's so many good areas down there and um now that you're on the, the, the far western side of the state, are you, do you have areas out there that are, that are kind of the same where they're just, you know, people drive by them all the time and they just overlook them and, and you, can, you can get on them out there, or is it pretty, pretty scarce compared to what it is on the, on the eastern side?
1: So I've dug into a little bit of it. Um, there are a few good ponds. Uh, dams, I guess, are more of them. But then you also got Lakes Kakawea, which the first time I was out here, I never really got to dig into in the winter. Um, this summer, I got to go up to Lakes Kakawea, and it is a limited, like, four or five days straight. So that was uh, unbelievable, and it's still only 45 minutes from where I'm at, so I'm thinking about bringing a house up here this year, permanent house. I still got my two portables, but, but a permanent out there on the ice, and maybe spending some time on uh, skunk or Mackenzie Bay because Sakaka is, if you had time to fish it from the time you were a kid, you'd never go a day without catching fish. I don't think it's just so big and there's so many fingers, but I'm also only skipping a jump away from Fort Peck, which I've, uh, I got into a little bit of uh, fishing last year in the ice and that's a whole other game too. Fishing hundred feet of water with tube jigs and, two-by-four rods, basically.
0: <laughs> I've heard uh, of a couple people going out there, but I've never actually been out there. It, it's definitely that and Winnipeg. Both of those spots are on my bucket list of, of you know, even if I'm going to make it up there once, I'd, I'd like to, to get out to those two spots.
1: Yeah, and they're both, I mean, you got to prepare for both of them. I do Winnipeg multiple times a year, but if you're going, you might as well have two houses. You might as well have two or three augers. Three, three propane tanks bring two or three of everything because I mean you're you're walking into a whole another beast and that's kind of the same way with Peck um, I've never done it I had a lot of buddies who do it but when they go they don't go ill prepared um, and when you when you get into them it's a it's a great experience so I I got fish uh, Lakers and Lake Pactola, which is the Black Hills of South Dakota. And I was just insane watching my graph go to 100 feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm putting on a huge tube jig and ripping a ripping a rod that's half the size of a regular regular like eight foot rod. I'm like, man, this is like insane. I just really wanted to rip into one. I I didn't get fish a lot last year because I separated my collarbone. But uh, once I got out and did that, that gave me the adrenaline that I needed. Just ripping that thing in 100 feet of water.
0: Well, I think if I ever do, um, or I shouldn't say if I ever, because I will, but when I do, I'm going to be getting a hold of you, and hell, maybe I'll maybe I'll be, be lucky and find a time where you're heading up and I can just kind of tag along and, and just kind of, for my first time, go with a group of guys that, that do it all the time and know, you know, what the hell they're doing.
1: Yeah, and if you don't, you know, it's... You're definitely in for something. When I first time I went up to Winnipeg, we got stuck, bottomed out uh, ice house, I had pick up. <laughs> um, had, the, had the wardens come out, or the conservations, I should call them, and they drag us out of the snow because you're in the middle of native country in the casino and no one wants to come help you. So we had the conservations drag us out, and uh, Mo and Joe were these two conservation guys' names. So they drag us out of the snow at, like, midnight, finally <laughs> get set up. And they are like, yeah, you know, we'd love to show you a spot. We caught one yesterday. So we just got set down and kind of pulled back up, moved a little bit, got sat back down, and literally about 30 minutes later, here's my first-ever fish on a Winnipeg, 30 inches inches, 10 and a half pounds. <laughs> and that's why I'm addicted to Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll catch over twenty-five every year, but I think that weekend I caught one thirty and a half, and three or four more over twenty-seven or twenty-eight. So it was it was a great introduction, but the beginning of it uh, was a complete disaster.
0: <laughs> so if you were to rank them, or not even rank them, because all, all of the 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 what I would refer to as destination lakes that we have talked about so far, um, they're they're all pretty pretty popular. But if you were to pick your top two, I feel like Winnipeg's already got the number one spot locked up. Or am I? Am I wrong on that?
1: No, you'd be crazy if I didn't. I'd be crazy if I didn't put it at one. It's absolutely <laughs> my
0: number one spot. All right. So then the second one that if 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 uh, if you could only fish those Winnipeg and one other lake, one of those whether it be Fort Peck, Devils Lake, Red Lake, Leech Lake, Lake Winnie, you know any of those those larger. Uh, more popular lakes which uh which one would you go with
1: it's a really tough question they all got their positives to them um red lake i'd say i'm not i'm not gonna say red lake's number two and i'll put lake of the woods at the bottom i don't for some reason i'm not a big lake of the woods fan i've got uh a million nine inch walleye out of there and i've seen a lot of people have great success but i just can't i just can't figure it out you know, that, uh, that
0: reminds me of uh you saying I've caught a bunch of nine inch walleye. I'm not gonna say where, but you know where. Uh we, we have a spot back home that was notorious for uh mini perch. Yep. You,
1: oh I know exactly where you're talking you about.
0: You know the one I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember seeing there you there well ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. And we were doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Isn't it isn't it crazy that uh you know we're getting old, man.
1: Yeah, I I don't like to think of it. I got asked my age the other day and I said, God, how old am I? Wow. That doesn't sound good.
0: Yeah, you gotta you gotta count it now. It's it's pretty wild. But anyway, your your second so so if you had to pick one, so we, we knocked out um, Lake of the Woods and we knocked yep. off Red. And all of these are great, great fishing spots. We're not bashing them whatsoever, but this is this is a big, big question. You know, you can only fish Win- uh, uh, Winnipeg and one more.
1: I'd have to go with Peck as number two, just because it's so so big. I mean, you could find thirty inch walleye in there, and then next thing you know, you could pull up a fifty inch laker, and Lakers. Are kind of like uh, bass underwater. Like it feels like you're fighting a sturgeon.
0: Just an absolute I'm, I'm not tank. big
1: into catching bass, but catching a bass underneath water is is awesome.
0: Yeah, you don't. You don't. Uh, well, at least I don't. I I might catch one or two every year, but it's it's not a very common common thing. How, how often do you run into whether it be a large mouth or a small mouth? How how often are you, you know, pulling those through the ice?
1: So last year, when I was guiding, I'd say I did 90 to 95% of my guides in Minnesota. Um, I probably caught one just about every trip, but I did manage to catch a 22 and a quarter and a 23 inch smallie, which are massive for small models. And through the ice, I thought I had on like a 30 inch small And then it came up the hole and it just about scared me once I saw what it looked like. <laughs> it's not what I was expecting. And all day I was catching crappie or sunfish or uh, perch, you know. Um, but besides in those little, small Minnesota lakes, they're not very easy to come by. And yeah, I mean, but when you do, they are they are a blast to fight underwater.
0: Yeah, definitely um, definitely fun to hook into them on the ice. I don't like I said I don't do it a lot, but when I do, it's it's uh, your initial thought is always you know. always walleye and then when you get them up yeah it's like well what the hell is that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've literally jumped before after i saw one come up (laughs) because it was not what i was expecting at all
0: so what uh what are are you are you gonna be you know like we said this episode is gonna drop and, and it's gonna be right around the start of ice season do you have anything that you're looking to pick up this year or what what is your what is your fleet of equipment and and this can this one this will take a few minutes to get through because I'm I'm wondering about about houses augers um, not so much rods because that that's kind of a that's kind of a, a very large topic and there's a whole ton of variety but but your big items your your graphs your your houses your machines to get around your augers your suit I mean what 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 is your what is your arsenal of equipment look looking like going into this year. And is there anything that you would would really like to have before this year? Or are you just gonna ride with what you've got, or what? What are you What are you looking like for for your equipment?
1: So I always tell myself I'm set because I think I am. I've been riding with a lot of the same stuff since I started, um, but of course there's ice fishing and there's always something new. So the one thing I'm looking for this year, all my has got the live scope. I have a Pan Optics, um, which is the Garmin. I've looked into a fully customized live scope, which is an unreal dollar mount. but it'd be like a 12 inch screen with the best mapping system, the best uh, live target deucer, everything. Um, right now, like I said, I have the pan optics. I have four Vexlars, which was my arsenal for uh, guiding. If I brought people out, I'd have my pan optics showing the whole house, and then if you couldn't see anything, I'd have Couple FL twenty eights, a twenty two, whenever on down your hole, so you had something else to rely on. Um, but the one thing that I'm going to get this year is a live scope. I don't think I'm going to get it fully customized because it's just about half a around which is insane. And you can get a lot of stuff for that, but uh, that's that's the one thing I think eventually I might I might end up getting onto the price traps a little bit. Um, besides that. I have uh an eight man, a double hub. It's uh Eskimo and I gotta use that a few times last year. When it comes to uh the term eight man, it's you should never believe that. <laughs> You'll never fit eight people in a double hub and it's, if you do I, a, I don't know if I wanna be in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh the tents <laughs> that you can get where they say it's like a four man tent, but really that's like a it's like a two man tent.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I gotta I got an eight man that uh, I had for guiding for groups like four or are you, five. Are
0: you running the which? Do you have the fully insulated one? I've also got an Eskimo eight man double hub, and mine yep. is mine is only insulated on the roof. The walls are not insulated.
1: No, mine's full. I want to say it's like an eight fifty nice. XC or something like that. Nice. It's it's it stays pretty warm, and I put them all to the test in uh, Winnipeg, and I still have my single pain uh buddy heater so i don't kick out a lot of heat i do bring along sunflowers and obviously my buddies bring along stuff sometimes but we stay we stay warm with that in winnipeg's a great place to test stuff because it can get up to 40 50 mile winds. so you're, you're gonna need to pick up a lot of anchors and probably your back against some walls but
0: that would um, be that would be my biggest downfall to the double hubs or the eight man hubs um would be the wind because and and i shouldn't say the wind because once you get them set up and you get them anchored right the, it ain't going anywhere but it's the getting it to the setup point in high winds i think last year i took mine out uh, It was 30 mile an hour winds and i just about lost it luckily i had it tied to the hitch on the side by side so just as a safety it wasn't I didn't position the side by side in the right spot where, you know, any little bit of wind would it would tighten up and it would hold it. No, I had it off to the side, but it was just kind of a safety and it actually slid it slid about four feet over and then went about two feet back and that's when the, the safety strap caught it. But the the wind can definitely be be a Bearcat to set up in, but but and maybe you'd disagree, but I would say once you you might have to fight it to set it up, but once you set it up, I don't I don't think that you would ever have issues of, of uh, you know, sides popping in or, or anything like that? Have you ever had any big issues because of wind other than during the setup?
1: No. No, the setup's the only bad part. Like you said, if it gets away from it, it's, it's a doozy. Because if it gets a whole in the wind, you might snap a pole or you might, lose one through the fabric and then you're in big trouble. So usually, I mean, I've done the same thing. I've had some really heavy winds that we set it up in. And luckily I fished with the same guys more during the time that we know. We kind of got a system down as to how we're going to put this thing up. And since that, they made the new door, which I love on those houses that actually goes all the way down to the bottom. That's also kind of, it's good. And it's bad for setting up because it can let, they can kind of let loose but um, if you get a stake down I, I don't. We 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 fished in it for like a day and a half, and it was you could hardly see out the door.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: it was nice for the side, and it was nice for setup and I'm happy we had to pick up there to block a little bit of it. But uh, no, the anchors the anchors definitely come in handy, and um, I think this year we'll actually try to to put some cots in there and stay in it a couple nights. I was going to as ask
0: you that if you if you've done any of the uh obviously we've all done the well not everybody but most you know the guys that that are big into ice fishing a lot of them have at least whether it was their wheelhouse or somebody else's house stayed out on the ice. But as far as the the ice camping which is becoming a lot more of a of a uh you know popular thing to do and I think a lot of that has to do with covid Uh, i I think a lot of people got into ice fishing during covid which is not a bad thing at all i mean it's cool that people are getting out and doing this stuff but have you ever done i have not i have never done the ice camping in a portable
1: i personally have not either um i think i thought about it last year and my cot was inside my wheelhouse so it kind of i was gonna sleep in my three-legged chair was basically the option i had i i get so sore from bending over and picking up all the fish we're catching (laughs) that that i can't do that so i didn't do it last year um we do have the mats um the buckets all that kind of stuff and this year it's definitely gonna happen Uh, last year we just didn't quite have all the resources but uh i'm I'm totally looking forward to it. I'm even. I even want to kind of bring it out and do it. Bow hunting, set it up um, somewhere that put a cotton inside and put a heater if it gets a little brisk in the morning. I've seen people do that. And I think that's a great idea too. Another use for the house.
0: That's a that's a one. That's one very big advantage. And maybe there's, maybe there's other brands that have it. But as far as I know, uh, the only one that I have, I've got Clam and Eskimo, and the one thing that my Eskimo can do that, my other ones cannot. Is you can completely remove the window so you would be able to shoot a bow or a rifle or something out of it. And again, there's probably other brands out there that you can do it as well. But I think Eskimo, as far as I know, they've been doing it the longest.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I I can, we can remove ours on the one of mine too, obviously. And I haven't really done it for much besides maybe yelling at someone driving by. But. <laughs>
0: Well, and and I I heard uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but there was uh, uh, Mike. Uh, he's been on the show a handful of times. His neighbors have uh, <clears throat> it's a tandem axle castle, and I don't know if it's a twenty footer or whatever, but it's a it's a really big, nice looking castle, and that is what they use sometimes for a deer blind. They drive it out into the middle of a field, take the screens out of the windows, and they sit there and wait for the deer to come out. So. For the people that are thinking, Oh well, you know, you can't yeah. use an ice house, it's not camel. It it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Yeah, I know a guy, kinda crazy dude. I did a a YouTube video with him I think last year. His name's Luke Cornier. He runs uh Broken Wing Outdoors. He's crazy and he's crazy funny. So if you haven't seen him, I recommend it. But he uh he walked into a camper this year and completely tore the thing to shreds and then he set it up on a goose pond and was shooting geese with a shotgun out the window at the same time shooting the walls in his camper. I mean, <laughs> the, the dude's a nut, but it was, come, it was wild. And then his, his, uh, his snapshots, him holding geese in front of a completely destroyed camper with a shotgun. And it's, yeah, you can do some, you can basically do whatever you want. I mean, put your mind to it. You got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Sorry. I kind of, I'm I'm really good at uh, I you know something pops up and then I I ask questions about that and then now we're talking about shooting up campers with shotguns <laughs> and, and we we started yeah. talking about what you were running for uh, for houses for your your yeah. uh, your gear setup yeah. for this year and we were on the the double hub is the last one that we were talking about.
1: Yep. So I got the double hub. I also got a a two man flip over. It's uh Jason Mitchell Pro X thermal. I've had that since they came out with them the first time. I still think they're pretty spendy, but they are well worth it. Um,
0: I was gonna say, man, you had that one back when you had that thing in high school.
1: That's the first one I've ever had. Same thing with the Ion auger. I got it's the oldest gen, oldest everything. I mean, still runs like a horse. I, 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 I swear by him. I mean, everyone's got their uh, name whatever brand you want, and I can't really argue with a lot of them because there's a lot of good stuff out there, and a lot of the uh, ice fishing brands take good care of you. Their customer service is really good. But, uh, yeah, that that Prolex Thermal, it hasn't done me wrong. Um, I have burnt a hole in the door. I've replaced it. I've broken a lot of zippers. Um, there's holes in the bottom of it now because we were riding it over an ice heave and hit the ice heave and punctured some holes in it. But I've also floated it across open water on Red Lake before, which <laughs> was about the highest hurt my heart rate has ever been in my life. All right,
0: we we gotta we gotta hear that story here in a second. But I have a comment on the uh, you had said that the the customer service of all these ice fishing companies take very good care of you, and you are a hundred percent right on that. I have not I have not dealt with it with Eskimo or Otter, but I have with both clam. And Strike Master. Um, I bought a, a Strike Master Light Flight auger last year, and something happened with the blades, and uh, i it wouldn't cut anymore. And I ended up, it, it twisted the shaft on the auger. And long story short, I got a hold of their customer service, and I had just bought it two weeks before. I never registered it. And the guy was like, You know, I've heard of this happening before. It happens. He, I think he said. Out of every one hundred ice augers that of that model that they and it didn't have the power head, I just put it on a drill. But uh, he said out of every hundred of them that he sells, he sees maybe five of them that this happens to. So I sent it back to him. They sent me a brand new one. That that was it. No, didn't have to show proof of of uh, buying it or anything like that. And then the clam one I had a. It's the. uh, I think you've seen this one before. It was. It's that uh, five sided Jason Mitchell the thermal five thousand. Yep. Yep. that's the one that I've had. I've probably had that one about as long as you've had your, I think we got those about the same time. And uh, I had a, the very first time I used it, I snapped a pole and went and talked to them and they didn't even, they, they sent me a whole new hub assembly. No questions asked, no money, no nothing. It was, so yeah, they, they definitely will take care of you as long as you're, you know, I I wouldn't, I mean, the guys that are out there are like, Oh, well I've had this for, you know forever and then i'm i want you know they don't even make this house anymore but i want replacement parts for it and they tell them no and then they get mad and say well that brand sucks well don't try and <laughs> don't try and cheat the system you know i mean if you're if you're a <clears throat> honest about it I, I don't think uh you're gonna have any issues and and like like chuck said i i have never had an issue with a uh brand uh, honoring their warranty
1: yeah, the first time I ever had to call one of them, it was uh, IONS. So they're Artisam, which I believe is Otter and a couple other companies are in there with them. But I broke a blade in half on my on my ION going through the river and hit a rock. And the thing still cut fine, but it looked goofy, and sometimes it got stuck and whatever, and I called them, and literally two days later, brand-new blades. I took the one off. I had one, like, basically new blade anyway and just kept it as a replacement i'm like wow that's crazy so i ion has never done me wrong um i got two of them now i ended up borrowing a buddy's and broke his handle which that's the one if there's a downfall ion it's when you get to winnipeg and you got four feet of ice and you're trying to rip up i don't know how many pounds of snow but you gotta put some force on whatever you're trying to pull up on and the handles sometimes get a little wiggly, so i personally replaced the handles on them, which, just call them, put in a $20 order, and some screws and whatever, redo the wiring of the handle, and you're good to go, but besides that, I've had zero complaints, um, and then everyone's got their favorite. You know, Everyone, have some people run the propane Eskimo, some people run Jiffies. I mean, batteries are obviously becoming a big thing. You just gotta keep your batteries warm, and, I never really have issues with batteries, so um ion's my way to go for augers the the, the pop over hub is still still kicking Things stays warm you know' talk, talking
0: about the the augers uh so i have y I have five and I'm sure you have a handful of them as well, and obviously you have your your newer ones that you use more but uh my favorite auger. This might surprise with with all the technology we have now and the battery ones and the ions and everything. My favorite auger is actually the old, and it's I I don't even know if they still make the the Jiffy Pro 4. I'm
1: not sure about that.
0: I don't know if they make it or not anymore either. But that auger was, and this was like probably what five years ago that that thing was in its prime. Yeah, maybe yeah. even longer than that. That that is yeah. my favorite auger still to this day. It yeah, it's heavy. Probably don't want to lug it around a lot. But I, I don't know, man. There was something about that auger that uh, that I I and I never had one, and I never I probably won't buy one now because we're so advanced past that now. But uh, it's like the guy when you get to the lake and and they pull out a a, a gas auger <laughs> and everybody's like looking around like what in the
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one dude who's louder than everything on the lake sounds like there's a motorcycle starting up right next to you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yep. where you, you really just want to go over and ask the guy if you can drill his holes for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I've seen quite a few of them. I even got a hand auger now. now. Um, <clears throat> for early ice and thin ice, like down in the Black Hills South Dakota, they don't really get that much ice. And for me to put, if I go that way, um, sometimes I just, Put everything in my car because it's hardly worth bringing a house with like the hills the way they are dragging a house up and down the trees and <laughs> everything else there and just you must go out there
0: you, degrees. Must, you must go out there quite a bit because i got you on snapchat and i'm always especially in the winter time I'm, I'm always thinking like oh i wonder wonder where chuck's fishing this weekend
1: yeah no i do my parents actually moved um down that way so I love my parents, but I also love ice fishing. So when I go there, I gotta do a little bit of both. And sometimes they come out with me. Sometimes it's tough, but it's uh, there's a lot more trout down there, so it's kind of fun. Um, in the summertime, I do fly fishing down there. I got a fly rod, I'm flies, waders, all that good stuff. So it's how was the how was the, how was the learning curve
0: good. the <clears throat> learning curve learning how to fly fish? Because I've heard that's a it's kind of like how you were talking about going up to to you know fort peck and, and learning how to go after trout how, how much of a of a learning curve or what was the most difficult thing about fly fishing to pick up on versus you know your your standard fishing and i use that term loosely but like what we do around here
1: Uh for me the toughest part is not setting the hook it's kind of just like uh your peeling your peel in line so you got an indicator when you're summer fishing for uh, trout Obviously, in the water, you still set the hook. I mean, it's, you got to. But when they're in a stream and running and stuff, they kind of set it on themselves. And I've also run into this in ocean fishing with sea hooks. The guy's like, don't set the hook. I'm like, man, this is the best part of fishing. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you take the hook set out of me. I will set the hook on everything I feel. So when I when I go fly fishing, I end up flinging a lot of flies right at my head because I set the hook and here it comes flying at me. <laughs> But it's, that's probably that's probably the toughest part of all of it, the casting. I mean, if you've ever casted any spinning rod, it's just kind of the same thing, kind of the same flick of the wrist. Um, you definitely stay busy. You're always casting. You let it float, you cast, float, cast. Um, and it's sight fishing. I mean, you can see the fish you're, you're throwing at, so it's kind of fun. watch it happen um and then when you get into the ice fishing of like rainbows which i've had some good days with rainbows it's it's a lot of waiting around here using marshmallows and um little tubes whatever little flies but super super uh light baits and your marks just they're not quite the same but it's it's something that's different it's fun that's something and else that do, I would. You can um, do it in sweatpants and a sweatshirts.
0: So. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I would really like to to try that as well. It's uh, you're you're probably the, you probably fall into the same category as a majority of the people who listen to this podcast and are into outdoor stuff in general. When you pick up so many hobbies, um, you you seem like the kind of guy. You're just like me. Where if you're going to get into something, you're going to get into something. You're not gonna, you know, well, we'll just try this out. No, if, if I'm if I'm going in on it, I'm all in on it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the way I've been with a lot of this stuff. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna try, I'm, I'm gonna. I need to succeed. I mean, I'm not just gonna keep trying and trying and trying. Right. Which I have been, I have been empty handed a lot of times, but that just gives me more fuel for the next season to make sure I get it done. Cause, well, and um, that's that's
0: why they call it fishing and not catching, and that's why they call it hunting and not killing. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's. Uh, I don't know this this type of stuff. It'll it'll humble you really quick if you, you know. Or is that, I think it's a pretty good way to put it.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've I've had a lot of great days as far as fishing and hunting goes. Um, but I think the biggest adrenaline rush I ever had was uh, shooting a buck with my ball. And ever since I felt that, I, oh, it'd be great to feel that again. I mean, there's the feeling of catching a three-inch walleye or catching a six-foot mahi-mahi or, seeing a sailfish on the boat and i mean there's a lot of fun and cool stuff but with a bow in your own hands and out so, of a you just you in the woods it's quite a it's a test of mental and physical and everything in between and you really you really see your full capacity when well, it comes down sure. to that. That's...
0: yeah i want to i want to get into some of the some of the hunting stuff with you and and we're we're not even gonna come close to covering everything that we could cover on this episode. So hopefully you'll uh you'll come back on. But uh you, you were talking about your, your you you used your your Jason Mitchell sled house as a pretty much as a boat, and you said that your your heart rate was pretty high. What we, we gotta hear that story.
1: Yeah, I love telling this one. <laughs> uh so Red Lake every year, we go up there early, um, best fishing. We go out of a place called Boondocks. It's a smaller um, smaller campground. I actually tried to buy the place last year, the resort, and it just never ended up working out. But uh, we went out there early ice one year, and, of course, it got windy. We were out there in, like, 14, 15 feet, and I checked my graph, and it was like a straight line on my graph. And I was like, what in the world is going on? Why is my line in the side of my hole? Well, sure enough, we've broken off shore, and we're drifting out. So by the time I realized what was going on, my cousin gets out and goes and runs and checks on, he's like, dude, that's like a 200, 300-yard crack. So luckily, we weren't the only ones on the other side of this crack, and of course, it made national television, and we were on Facebook and laughed at and torn apart, whatever, but uh, there's a guy on a snowmobile on the other side of the crack, too, so he... He comes over to us. He's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, oh, I don't know. So he takes <laughs> off on a stone one way, and he's like, I'm going to go try to find the end of
0: it. You're looking at him going, yeah, yeah your first time, mine too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he takes it off and tries to find the end of it and comes back 15 minutes later. He's like, yeah, there's no one that way. He's <laughs> like, all right, well, it's like you got one more shot. You got the other. You got to go the other way. And we're pretty close to the line where the native, the reservation takes over the water up there. So you can't really go that far that way. So we ran out of luck. Um so we were stuck, us and these guys is on the snowmobiles. So we were renting from uh, Jerry is his name, he rents Moondocks and he calls us, he's like, Hey, you guys gotta come in. Or we can't have national news out here, we can't do this again, blah blah blah. I said, Jerry, we almost have our limit, man. We're getting some good we were hey, we had a good fishing.
0: And is this is this before the sheep broke off or is this after, like where you're where the guy's checking for the edge on the snowmobile?
1: This was after the sheep broke
0: off. Oh, so you're, you're like, yeah, you know, Jerry, I, I, I know I'm 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 uh, kind of stuck out here. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, we were stuck. Um so he's like, All right, well, I got a guy with a flat bottom boat coming out, he's gonna come up come on and get you guys. Said, okay, I guess that's what you want, man. We're like one away from our limit. He's like, Yeah, I don't care, man. We can't I can't I can't be on national television again. They're gonna make you know, make a big deal of it, which they do every year. And they I've got people ask me every year from on the wrong side of the crack for some reason. I'm not even there sometimes, but <laughs> uh, So yeah, he comes across in his flat bottom boat and he's looking at all the stuff we got and we load up one group and they go across and sure enough he comes back and it's me and my cousin He's like, what do you say we just pull it behind the boat? I'm like, oh. I got my garment in there. got my backpack. I mean, there's thousands of dollars just sitting in my ice house. And there's the holes for the, the rope of the sled, which I made bigger because I wanted a bigger rope. And then there's just the screws for, like, the, the whole tent itself. You I high, said, dude, if this have... thing doesn't float and it starts sinking, you realize that we have to let go of it, because otherwise it's going to sink this whole flat bottom boat with us.
0: Did you have high facts on it? What's that? Did, did you have high facts on it as well?
1: No, nope. No, luckily I didn't, because I don't know if I would have trusted that. I still don't have high facts on it, and I mean, it would never float now it has big holes. It catches snow whenever we haul it out, but <laughs> yeah, we put it in the water, and I watched that thing go down, and kind of level itself out and it wasn't too far from the holes from the rope and it wasn't a wasn't a short paddle across that 200 300 yard crack but my heart rate i tell you what i
0: did I, that, was having,
1: I was having a, a moment i could hardly breathe
0: <laughs> did that come from uh just the whole scenario or mainly because of the multi-thousand dollar um uh no, like wakeboard it, it, you're pulling behind you.
1: Yeah, no, it came from it came from the boat that we just made on my ice house. <laughs> the scenario didn't scare me. I I mean we could have we could have made it across. I wasn't really worried about that. But the fact that everything I had put in the ice fishing was inside the house, my auger, my backpack, my all my electronics, and we're just gonna float it behind me. And then if it sinks, I got no choice but to let go of it. I'm like, I I don't know if I could. I might as well sink with it.
0: So were you so, were you holding the rope on the? I
1: was yep. And I what, was holding the rope on the back. My cousin was on the front with the oar.
0: What kind of boat was this? What kind of, I mean, they they had to have carried it out and slid it off the edge edge of the crack. What what kind of uh, what kind of motor did it did it have on it? And was was it difficult holding on to that sled as you were, you know, did it try to pull you at all or was it pretty pretty easy?
1: No, so there was no motor. It was like a twelve foot duck boat. But it wasn't like a V. It was kind of more of a flat bottom. Sure. Um, but it was still super sketchy. I mean, and yeah, I couldn't take my eyes. I, I never turned around in front of me. And then the two guys who went out before us, they were casting lines. Because they are just on the boat. They know they're going to make it across fine. They're casting lines out in the water trying to catch walleye <laughs> on the way across. And they actually made it on Facebook with a bunch of... People saying, are these guys open water fishing or is this ice fishing? Do they have too many lines in the water? Blah, blah, blah. I'm, well, like, uh, they, I'm sure it was people
0: that were actually trying to, to raise a stink about it too. It wasn't just people being funny.
1: No, no, absolutely. The Facebook warriors are terrible. But, yeah, no, that was uh, that was a wild experience. And, yeah, of course it was on national television and there's helicopters flying over. And here, here I am just hardly able to breathe. Watching my all float across the water, but you know, there's was...
0: there's probably not very many people that can uh, sit there and say like, yeah, that it, it floats. Like, what what do you mean it floats? No, like I I actually know that it floats. <laughs>
1: I didn't want. I didn't. I was gonna leave it out there for till the till the wind changed. I was good with that.
0: But, I suppose yeah,
1: convinced me otherwise.
0: And... I suppose the risk that you'd run on that is if it if it drifted over to. You know, the water that you are, you know, we can't legally go on to, I guess they could have just, not that this would have happened, but somebody could have just swiped that and there would have been nothing that you could do to get it back.
1: Oh, yeah. They'd swipe that and they'd swipe you too. You'd be in prison. Yeah. You'd be in, you'd be in native jail for the night.
0: Yep. That's yeah, to be
1: cause he's, he, the, the place I go out of is probably like a mile, maybe not even from, from that line. So he's. He sets up uh, stakes out there and says, "Do not cross. And if you do, <laughs>
0: sorry." but Yeah, <laughs> I tried to warn you. Yeah, yeah. One no, thing it's I a noticed, big, it's a big deal. I think I don't know that it was this last year, but I think two years ago, you and I were out there at the same time, and yeah, uh, yep. I was trying, or we were hopping around all over the place. And you, you'll probably know the answer to this, but on my graph. I just run a Hummingbird Helix seven. The contour lines actually disappear when you get out to that point. Is that a thing that all graphs have on them? Or is that just something unique about about the hummingbirds or have you have you heard of that before?
1: No, that's every that's everywhere. Um they don't they don't allow you to get to get the contour there. Um what other lakes do they do that? They do that on a couple other lakes too.
0: Well, it's a it's a really good um you know, even, even if there's a legal aspect to it, it's uh to me that is that's huge. I mean if you know that what that line means and, and you can visibly see it, you're you're probably not gonna venture um <clears throat> venture out in that direction.
1: Yeah, and then you probably get the guy who's like, Hey, maybe we'll be the first ones to explore it, not knowing what's going on. <laughs> I feel sorry for those guys, but
0: Yeah, well, they—they're not. Yeah, if
1: you—if you know what's going on, it is a smart, smart thing for those companies to do is just leave it off the map completely
0: they're probably not. uh, If you cross that line, you're probably either not into ice fishing anymore, and if you do get back into it after you get all or buy all the stuff again, you're not going back to that lake.
1: No, and the crazy thing is the 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 lower side of Red Lake is insane for walleye. They pull out thirty inches left and right. Yeah. I'm playing hooks. I I know a guy down there who actually guides, but I I don't even ask to go. And he does great. I mean, he's always filled up. They do uh, rainbow trout too, but all the real contours down on the on the uh, lower red. But I mean, it's crazy too because upper red is like a quarter of the whole lake, and they still pull out millions of pounds of walleye a <laughs> year.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely a a popular uh, fishery. That, that's for sure do you have do you have anything else on uh, as far as the ice fishing stuff goes I'd kind of like to as long as you're not pressed on time I'd like to get into a little bit of, a little bit of hunting talk
1: yeah no we can go that
0: way so what are you and then i'd like to like to talk a little bit more about the the wind wildlife and whatnot but uh what are you what are you holding in your pocket for tags this year and what uh what hunting have you now we're we're in mid november now by the time this one drops so what kind of of hunting have you been doing? How have you been guiding or what is what is your your win wildlife uh looking like as far as what you've been doing this season, what you guys have got coming up next season, and yeah, what, what tags are you holding on to? Oh,
1: so surprisingly I apply for just what every tag I can. Um I didn't even get a swan tag this year, which is like a twenty percent chance you don't get one and I, I love to gamble, but that wasn't a, a winner. Uh the only tag I hold now is the bow tag. Um so I still I'm still waiting to get maybe out this weekend, maybe next weekend. Um but I've been going around shooting a lot of pheasants lately. I got uh, some pretty big tail feathers sitting around. Um been doing quite a bit of duck hunting too. I got a buddy quite a few buddies I should say, that are from like the Jamestown Carrington area. And it's tough for me not to head back that way because they have uh, access to a lot of private land, which obviously out in Western North Dakota. If you find any private land, good luck touching it. And if you do, expect a price. So, So, unfortunately, I haven't had too many tags this year. I did get a spring turkey. I didn't buy a fall turkey, which I should have, but I didn't. And that's... You know, I got quite a few preference points. I'm still waiting, but one of these years, it's gonna. I think I'm gonna get them all at once. Is what's gonna happen?
0: That's uh, that's the the unfortunate game you play when you start applying for, you know, applying for a bunch of different tags. You get you you'll go years and years without having anything, and then or just having your bow tag, and then when you start to get a handful of them, if you get them at the same time, I, I wonder if there's. I've heard that there's actually there's some some thoughts behind that that they do it on purpose especially the tags that are very very hard to draw I've heard a couple people that have have you know been applying for five to ten 15 20 years they don't get anything and then all of a sudden one year they get them all at once what are your thoughts on that
1: I hate to say it's true but I can see it happening I mean and there's plenty there's plenty of animals to go around um, I mean I drive, I drive probably two hours a day north, so sometimes like up to Newtown or past. And I've seen elk, I've seen moose, I've seen seven by seven mule deer, you name it, mountain lion, fox. I mean, there's one road that I'd down. I think I've seen like eight or nine species in one pass. So the fact that it happens kind of that way is unfortunate because not everybody's obviously oat in the side of the, of the state. And if you do get one of those tags, you basically basically got got to be ready just to take off two three weeks and give it your all. Because if you don't get it, that's your one shot, which is unfortunate. Um, but I don't I don't know what you do. I mean, even bighorn sheep. I've seen big horn sheep out here.
0: Yeah, man, we, we actually saw some when uh, me and Wixo were out a couple weeks ago. We saw one stud and he was with a bunch of younger ones and then i think total on the weekend we ended up seeing uh, probably 15 of them and only one of them was a mature like old sheep
1: and i don't did they even release big horn sheep tags this year i don't think they did did they
0: i don't know if they did or not um but one one thing that speaking of that one thing that we thought was kind of funny is when we rolled up on him on the truck in the truck uh you can tell that they have absolutely zero pressure on them because they just turn and look at you like, what are you, <laughs> what are you looking at?
1: <laughs> Sounds like an animal.
0: <laughs> we saw a handful <clears throat> of those this weekend <laughs> as well.
1: I drive by quite a few of those, and they just kind of look at me like, what are you doing
0: here? Yeah, I live here. You <laughs> out of here. <laughs> so what yeah, about?
1: I'm not, I'm not allowed to... Uh, carry any weapons on um at least oil field roads or my company vehicles but i could do a lot of quick uh stock hunts i can tell you what because where where those animals are i've had coyotes come up with like my pickup like they just don't is that care?
0: is that like a rule in place uh by the oil field or your your employer that you can't do that because they don't want you doing it or what's the uh
1: yeah, so my employer doesn't want us doing it for safety reasons. Um, the oil companies they lease the roads from private landowners. Most of them have their land electronically posted. And then at the same time, if you're shooting anything out there, you got a stray bullet hits a saltwater tank or oil tank. You're talking massive explosions. So, and they have them already. I mean, the oil field isn't the safest place in the world. So they try to limit everything. As far as possible. I'm sure people still do it, but I make turkeys on site and
0: it makes sense though. I mean there there was probably at one point somebody who did something stupid and he uh ruined it for the rest of us.
1: <laughs> I guarantee there still are people who do it. I don't I don't doubt that. But yeah, it's it's probably for the better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunate, especially that's when you that's when you find your uh your trophy mule deer running around out there when you have Nothing but your cell phone to take a picture of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had a seven by seven with drop times. I kind of turned towards it, had it my spotlight, and started running at Me, I'm like, oh, when does this happen?
0: <laughs> when you're not hunting and you're working, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What exactly. uh, what what what's the rest of the uh, the win wildlife crew been up to? I think a lot of those guys is what I've been seeing on on Facebook. With the, I saw your trailer, your decoy trailer. That that was pretty pretty sweet but what what are the what are the rest of the fellas been up to
1: yeah um dot cotton's been big we actually got into a tournament last weekend it's put by a, put on by a headlocks bar out of uh, carrington which one which is one of my buddy's fathers and we did it last year we won they get uh you get 870 remington 870 shotguns for winning we won it again this year with one of my buddies teams basically we all hunted the same group kind and shot a ton of super big green green mallards um so we we made sure that everyone got a gun so now everyone kind of that hunts in that group has a shotgun from the tournament once some decoys um but they've been doing a lot of uh a lot of duck hunting and then there's still the groups that are run around doing bull hunting it's just You never really see the work that all these guys put into bull hunting because there's only one picture you do see and it's the result. So, 100% 100%, it goes very unnoticed. But, um, I know there's there's a lot of people out there in the tree stand tonight, especially with the wind wildlife sweatshirt on, a hat on, you name it. Um, but like I said, it's just not, you just don't see the results like you do with ducks or anything else. And it's crazy because I have. Probably 30, 40 pictures on my phone that I haven't posted yet, and I just get too busy, forget to do. And I mean, these guys put in a lot of work, and they do it for people other than themselves, which is like another thing with the one wildlife kind of getting going. Like I, I wanted the guide because I felt like I've had the best days of fishing, and I'd rather have someone with me who. Can catch a 20 inch fish and it'll light up their room. Because for me, a 20 inch fish is like cool.
0: Yeah, right. Just add, <laughs> add that one to the tally for the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, it sucks that it's gotten to be that way for me. But I really enjoy bringing somebody who's who's enthusiastic and who wants to learn. And like I've been with people who've got nine inch, ten inch walleye, and they're like, "This is the best day ever." I'm like, "Really?" That was, to me, that day was like pretty pretty terrible. But
0: yeah, it's, and it's
1: it's, it's, it's good it's it's got that way, but that's kinda of the way a lot of these guys are, even with like the duck hunting group, like they've they've had some really crazy hunts. So when we can get a group of eight, ten people and someone goes out there and shoots their limited green heads and they're huge, they're like, dude, thank you so much. It's like you're welcome. I'm glad that I could help you do that. It For means sure. the world to us, you know, to to put somebody on something like that. So a lot of these guys just, uh, it's made a lot of great connections. And obviously now they kind of look at the page and they're like, wow, these guys, these guys do this quite often, but we try to keep getting more and more people involved, more young, young people involved and just kind of show them how to do it the right way.
0: Oh, for sure. And I I think the, uh, the youth part of it is, is huge, especially for the, for the future of uh, the, the outdoor industry whether you're talking hunting fishing you know kaya anything outdoors, it seems like it's getting um more and more rare to find younger people or or or, you know kids that are that are into that they'd rather sit with their their ipad or their xbox or or whatever uh we probably should have done this at the beginning but uh do you want to can you get into kind of like the structure of of what when when wildlife is and if if somebody's looking to to go hunting or fishing with you guys how they would would get a hold of you and, and what uh just kind of how your whole system works.
1: Yeah. So uh I've got a website, winwildlife.com, um, fully set up. Um you can book fishing trips through there. This year it'll be tough. I uh I had a bunch lined up last year, separated my collarbone, I had to cancel quite a few. But uh there are it's almost like the Airbnb setup. If you ever kinda see that, like you click on a date. You can click on the hour you want to go to. I um, have merchandise on the website, have photos, have the whole about who we are, what we do, um, all that kind of good stuff. I've also got like waivers as far as if you want to rent a house, just so I don't get sued, because that's something you got to do to be an outfitter, is kind of cover your bases. Um, I'm also always available by phone, which is on the website. I've got Facebook. Instagram. Um, what else do I got? YouTube. YouTube is... I'm not a big YouTuber, so unless it's for, like, a great, a great great time and me and some buddies that I just want to relive a memory every once in a while, I'm not really a huge YouTuber, but you'll catch me on some big-time dudes' videos every now and then. Um, I've been on MINDAC Outdoors a couple times and Broken Wing and um, that's when I'll get on Kingsland outfitting this year as well. Um, but I did just buy a shot cam, so I'm going to be trying to do a lot of snippets of hunts, stuff like that. But yeah, I guess Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and then the website. However, you want to get in touch. Um, feel free. I love to hear it, and I love to love to hear people that are inspired by me because it's cra- it's just crazy that someone looks up to you when you know. You don't really think that much of what you're doing, but you do it right and do it the right way,
0: and it'll really humble you. Yeah, for sure, and it it's cool with the the sweatshirts and you know seeing seeing your stickers and sweatshirts on on vehicles driving around town and stuff like that. It's uh, it's it it's cool. Like, hey, I I know that guy, or you know, and sometimes yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't know that guy, and you're like, oh, hey, that's cool. <laughs> so what what uh. What else is in store coming up here with uh, with what when anything, anything coming down the line from from Win Wildlife that uh, the people like? Can you give us a sneak peek or anything that the the they don't know about yet or anything in the works or and maybe you don't want to share anything? I just figured I'd try and pry a little bit and see if we can get a get a sneak peek or a, a secret of what's coming. Yeah, you know, there's
1: not uh, there's not too many secrets. I don't like to hide too many secrets because I don't feel like. I I could hide secrets even on like secret spots, but I mean, just because you bring a horse to water doesn't mean it'll drink. Like I could put you on the same hole I caught a hundred fish in yesterday. It doesn't mean they're gonna bite tomorrow. For sure. So I don't like to hide secrets. Um, I do got some more merch on the way. Some other uh, some little little spicing up of the logo stuff like that. It might be a little bit before it gets here. Um, But besides that, ice fishing's around the corner and. Hopefully, I can uh, give out some pretty good tips on that. But besides that, I uh, there ain't too much ain't too much coming around. I'm um, uh, eventually, like I said, hopefully this turns into a resort. I did try to buy one last year, and it just didn't quite work out. But uh, my eyes are always open, and until the next opportunity comes, I'm just waiting. So,
0: well, we'll definitely have to try and get you back on uh, once once ice fishing is in full swing. If uh, if I can catch you on a day where you're you got a little downtime and want to come back on and give like an ice ice season update or something, uh, as far as far as that goes, and then maybe maybe our two crews can can get together and go fishing one weekend or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that'd be that'd be a blast, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun, you know. <laughs> it's getting me all riled up talking about this stuff. This is what I
0: love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not a problem, man. It was it was good to have you on. We like we said, we've been been trying to do this for for a little over a year um so we have two segments one of which we usually cover by now and we we didn't do it so we do a tip of the week and most of the time it's from something stupid that somebody did and they remember you know (laughs) i'm not going to do that again so and we've a majority of this episode has been on ice fishing so if you could give somebody a tip and i don't even think we finished going through all of the gear and stuff like that we had but we can that, you know, we barely scratch the surface on what we can get into, so we're, we're definitely going to get you back on. But one tip for whether it's somebody who's been fishing for years or somebody who's just getting into it, what is one tip for ice fishing, the North Bros tip of the week? What do you got?
1: Tip of the week for me would be be patient. It's funny I say that because I'm one of the most impatient people out there. But there's a lot of times where I'll leave my buddies in a tent and go try to find a new spot, and I'll come back with 30 fish. <laughs> <laughs> so I think being patient, um, having a swivel, and just changing out hooks, stuff. Just little stuff. It's crazy how much little stuff. I could give you tips for days, but I'll save some for whenever, ne- the next time I hop on. Well, hopefully I'll have some more too.
0: But hopefully it's not uh, not another year from now that we get you back.
1: (laughs) I guess we'll
0: have to see how this fishing goes. Yeah, right, right. The other segment that we do, it's uh, we call it the random question segment, and usually it takes a little bit longer because there's more than just two people on. But what we do is, so for example, you'll ask a question, and then I'll answer it, and then you'll answer it. Uh, it does not have to be related to anything that we have talked about throughout the episode. The only catch is if the question has been asked already, you can't ask it again, but the only, like I'll have to, if I don't remember it, which has happened before, I don't remember it. So an off the wall, complete random question, or you can make it something, you know, related to what we've been talking about. But, uh, what do you got for a question?
1: Let's see. What is the ugliest fish you've got?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. And that one hasn't been asked yet. I'm surprised. Um, I believe it was a... Uh, was it a dogfish? Or they call it a dogfish? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, that thing,
0: it was, it was big, too. It was, well... You know I've, I don't catch a lot of them I've actually only caught one in my life But it was I mean he was all of You know 30 inches And he was just I had never caught one before I was googling it trying to figure it out I uh yeah definitely Definitely the dogfish
1: So Mine would have to be you An guys... eel pollute well, But with the eel pollet came like a 13 inch lamprey Stuck to it Oh so to add on top of the slimy, the slimy eel running on my feet, there was also a lamprey, that's its mouth was just completely full of teeth, and it was. I'm still kind of scared from that. one.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think I'd be fine if I never catch something like that. I thought you were going to bring up something because uh, you've done a lot of fishing down in Florida. I thought you were going gonna...
1: to. I thought about it. The are a pretty ugly fish too, but <laughs> I, that lamprey. <laughs> The eel is really not that ugly, but the lamprey stuck to it just completely changed the whole dynamic of the fish.
0: Yeah, that's like uh like centipedes. I don't like centipedes. They just they just like weird me out.
1: Yeah, this this is like it, it's it should be on the lock of this monster. Like it's not a <laughs> not a pretty animal.
0: So. Yeah, no, that uh, that would that would that would ruin it for me too. So so are you you not a, not a fan of the eel pout, or would it have been different if it was just the eel pout?
1: No, it'd be different if it was just, the, I don't mind, you'll pull it too much. They're weird. And if the, the lamprey was not, i go with the remora. The remora is like a, they call it basically a shark, but they just sit, sit and swim around on your boat and their backs are all sticky, like super <laughs> sticky. So if you get you get one inside your boat, it'll stick to the floor of your boat and they're like impossible to get off. They're, they're a weird looking fish.
0: Interesting. Well, I'm gonna keep it. Uh, I'm gonna keep it fishing related, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow it down to up in our area. So, you know, you because you can tell me some random fish from Florida, and I'd be like, is that even a thing? Like, what? <laughs> uh, what is your least favorite fish to catch? And that's a tough question because I, you know, they're they're all fun, but if you had to pick one, that is your least favorite.
1: If it's under 40 inches, it would be another pike. <laughs> <laughs> if it's over 40, I'm, it might go up my wall. But I've never done it. I've got 39 and, a half and like 19 and a half. I'm going to mark I'm not a big pike guy. I like to spear them. To catch them, uh, they just... I don't like to touch them.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mine would be... I'm kind of gonna do the same thing that that you just said. Where as long if they're small, I don't, you know, I I don't like catching small perch, like the little micro perch. They they. Uh, but again, if you start getting into you know twelve, thirteen inch perch, well, that's a different ball game there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let me say that because I know a place you can catch a lot of small perch. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is it is it the same one that we referenced earlier?
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah that that
0: is a that hey if you're ever having a bad day and you want to go catch something you could probably go there and catch catch a i haven't i haven't fished down there in a in a in a while but uh i can't really imagine that it it has changed too much
1: i doubt it i doubt it
0: well do you uh you 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 said you're gonna get out hunting here within the next couple of weeks what what uh what else you got coming up and then if you've got anything to close out with
1: yeah so i'm gonna go bull hunting hopefully get a meal deer um, i'm also gonna be hunting probably every weekend Pheasant hunting just out western north Dakota. it's a 20 minute activity you can go out walk field and be done so it's yeah. something just to get in the hunting for the week um besides that pretty much stay busy until the ice comes around the weather's gonna be kind of up and down so i'm not convinced it's gonna be here that quick Hopefully I'm wrong, but besides that, s- stay busy and keep doing what I like to do. So,
0: Alrighty. Uh One last plug for uh, for where people can find Win Wildlife and yourself, and then I'll have you hang out on the phone here while I close this one out.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Um We're also on YouTube at Win Wildlife. The Facebook page is with my life and the Instagram is with my life. And if you wanna shoot me a message or give me a follow, a like, whatever, feel free. Um, I try to interact as much as possible and if you ever want or need anything, just let me know and I'd love to love to help you out. I uh, I very rarely turn down DMs or anything like that, even if you ask for my secret spot. Surprisingly. So
0: well, there we go. If you need any fishing tips or advice, get a hold of Win Wildlife. Um, well, guys, thanks for uh, tuning into this one. This was a fun one. Uh, Win Wildlife finally finally made an appearance on the podcast, and we'll we'll definitely try to get them back on. Uh, so, Chuck, thanks thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, the first ever podcast, right?
1: Yes, sir. Yep, absolutely.
0: We, we've had we've had a handful of first guests here the last couple of weeks, and all of you guys are uh, you're naturals. You could do it. <laughs> so thank you again for tuning in make sure you uh give north bros and win wildlife a like a share a follow a comment uh anything keep an eye out on the youtube the instagram the facebook and obviously wherever you get your podcasts so thanks for tuning in and until next time we'll get back to you